This episode of your favourite podcast is brought to you by the Pooptronic Cellular New Media Division's Director of Operations, A.B. Silver, and the fine folks at Pooptronic Cellular, the galactic leader in planet-to-planet mobile phone service. Countdown for blast off. Welcome to the Pooptronic Cellular Half-Hour Pop Culture Podcast, recorded live at Pooptronic Cellular Moonbase Alpha, featuring your host, employee 23538Gamma, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, IC Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak, and this week it's going to get a lot less weak because, well, it's another At The Movie special. We saw three cool movies this week. One of them being X-Men Apocalypse, which we will uh, we will talk all about. And hey, man, check it out. Iceberg's here. Him and A.B. Silver went to the uh, premiere of the movie in their favorite city, New York. Hey, Iceberg, what was that like? Frankly, it was horrible. New York is rotten and full of hobos, and the movie was totally stupid. I didn't think it was stupid, dude. Why do you think that? What was wrong with it? It made no sense. I couldn't even tell you what it was about. You didn't, uh, you didn't know what it was about? I would think with your superior robotic intellect that you would be able to figure out any plot that, uh, that a meager flesh bag could, uh, create. I mean, what's up with that? Why? Because we left after 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Come on, dude, it wasn't that bad. I mean, seriously, what didn't you like about it? It was ridiculous. Who could ever believe that any of this could ever happen? It's not supposed to be seriously, like happening or something it's you know it's a comic book movie dude it's supposed to be like exciting and you know just like an out there adventure plus mutants are gross Mm, you know that is true some mutants are kind of gross there was this guy beak who had like a beak like a parrot that's kind of gross there's other ones are too but you know it's it's supposed to show you that you have to accept people even though they're different than you it's kind of like it's an allegory you know for uh racism or like culturalism or all that stuff you know it's not you're supposed to like them even though they're gross Like three of them were blue? Have you ever heard of such a thing? Also, do you think you are smart now because you said allegory? What? No, I don't... What? There ain't no future in your fronting home, dude. You should try and keep it real. Just be yourself, man. Allegory, what a nerd. Why are you calling me a nerd, dude? That's the right word. It might be the right word, but you sound like a dork when you say it. I don't either, dude. I've never even heard you say it before. Why are you using it on the air? So fools will think you are smart. They don't. What are you talking about, man? Everybody thinks I'm smart. Wait, that didn't come out right. Everybody doesn't. Everybody knows I'm fine, man. They know I can say allegory if I want. They know you are dumb. How do they know I'm dumb, dude? Because you clean vents for a living. They know you are a scrub. Dude, what are you talking about? I'm not a scrub. I I got a job. Don't worry, man. I ain't mad at you. Everyone has to earn a living. 
we can't all be stacking grip like me and A.B. Silver dude, also Johnny Five does as well. You were so starstruck by Johnny Five, dude was a stupid robot from a stupid movie about robots. That movie's terrible, Short Circuit's terrible, I hated it, I hate it now, I hated it then, I do not know what... You and A.B. Silver are obsessed with this guy. You want to put him in movies, you want to hang out with him. It makes no sense to me. He's washed up. He's a has-been. Why don't you use, like, a more modern robot? Like, I don't know. I can't even think of one, because you know why? Nobody likes robots. How dare you? You have taken it too far. This is anti-robotism at its worst. A.B. Silver warned me that your jealousy might force you to lash out at me. I am out of here. Oh, you're out of here? I'm, I'm gonna miss all the hard work that you put in. Good riddance, Iceberg. Just get out of here. This is a dangerous workplace environment. I am going to call A.B. Silver right now. Can I use your phone? No, dude, use your own phone. I get terrible service up here. <laughs> you get bad service? Don't you use Pooptronics? I do use Pooptronics and A.B. Silver assures me that they are working hard to sew up their coverage issues. That's crazy that you have bad coverage considering you're like inside of the Pooptronics broadcast tower. No, dude, you cannot use my phone. Fine. I will email him then. Can you help me? I left my typing attachment at home. No way, dude! I'm not gonna help you type an email to somebody when you're complaining about me trying to, you know, cost me my job or something. No way, dude! You haven't heard the last of this? Huh, that door was super far away. Anyway, this is me, IC Robot. Sorry that you guys had to hear that, but, uh... It's about time that we are going to move into the next segment of the show. Yo, I see robots. It's time to bring the noise. Grab this mic and kick the mask. All right, man, I'll do my best. I'll do my best to kick that mask. This is me, I see robots, and I am back after that, uh, that brief interlude, I guess. So, anyhow, I saw Preacher. I saw the new AMC TV show known as Preacher, and before we get started, I want to say... I am a gigantic, gigantic fan of the comic book by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon known as Preacher. I think it's great. It is just the perfect example of a 90s adult-oriented comic. It's depraved, it's twisted, it's weird, it's funny. It is everything you want out of an adult comic. And before we get too far into what I think about the TV show... I do want to say that the TV show, while named Preacher, and with all of the characters of Preacher, is not so much the same story uh, as the Preacher comic. But hey man, that's not a bad thing. The TV show was pretty darn good. It took me a while to get into it. It took me a while to like feel the characters, you know, feel the new Jesse Custer, feel Cassidy and Tulip and all the people that I love from the comics. But once I settled in and started to get into it, I, I don't know, man, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well worth watching, and I am, uh, I'm just really looking forward to the second episode. Uh, Jesse Custer is played by the dude who is the young Howard Stark. I do not know the actress who is playing Tulip. I don't recall her from anything that I've seen, but I do know that she is, she is, uh, the Jesse Custer actor's real-life girlfriend, which is, oh, that's just sweet. They get to work together. Cassidy, the Irish vampire. I don't know who that is either, but man, once I saw him on the screen, I'm like, that's it, man. That's Cassidy. That is exactly how I saw him acting. 
That is exactly how I saw him looking. He is perfect. Uh, overall, I give the show a giant thumbs up. I thought it was super fun. And whether you, whether you read the comic or you don't, I do think that it's something you might enjoy. It is the story of a small town Texas preacher. It's also a small town. He's not, you know, merely a small time preacher, even though he is a small time preacher. Everything there is small. It is kind of the butt crack of Texas. Nothing fun, nothing going on, and it's going to be sort of like his weekly adventures around that town. He uh he has some kind of a dark guarded past and his gal pal Tulip is trying to, you know, draw him back into whatever it was he was into before. He has a friend named Cassidy who is a vampire and I don't know. I am really looking forward to see where this show goes. Many moons back when I saw that they were going to make the show, I saw that uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg had acquired the rights. I really wondered, how are you going to bring this to to the screen? How are you going to bring this out at all? It is so depraved. If you have read the comic, you know what I'm talking about. There is crazy sex. There is obscene amounts of violence. There's blasphemy. There's just everything... Everything that you are not allowed to do on TV. And I wondered, how are they going to take this and bring this into the world of the small screen? And I see that the way they're doing it is by changing it completely. And, I, you know, I, I, I do enjoy what they are doing. And I'm not going to bag on them for it. Because I can see how they wanted to use these characters that they enjoyed. They both are self-professed preacher maniacs. And I can see how they wanted to use Jesse. And they wanted to use Cassidy. And they wanted to use Tulips. But... Tulip, but they saw that they couldn't do what they were doing in the comic book, so they decided, hey, let's do something else that sort of has the feel of Preacher. Like, it feels like a Preacher comic, but it's not the same depraved stories that are on the pages. But I gotta say, what I have seen so far is fairly depraved. There's, you know, murders, there's beatings, uh, somebody gets their arm broken, the bone pops out. There's, you know, just all sorts of weird stuff, but I don't know. I am very curious to see where this is gonna go, and I hope that they can maintain what I saw in the first episode, because... I, I liked it a lot, you know, I guess I'm not going to get the stories of Preacher from uh, the comic, but I am going to get to see some cool stuff, and in the end, that's really all that matters. So, with all that said, let's move into At The Movies! In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Let's do what parents do best. Stop young people from having fun! It's on. No, no, Nothing's no. on. That little blonde one, she's like an alien. We gotta get out of here. Delta, say! You think everything's gonna be okay? 100%. Neighbors 2. Rated R. The first movie that we saw this week was also brought to us by Seth Rogen, much like Preacher. It is known as Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. It stars Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, uh, Chloe Moretz, Rose Byrne, 
and just a whole bunch of people. I, I liked it. I thought that it was funny. It is currently sitting at uh, 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was directed by, let's see, who was it directed by? It was directed by Nicholas Stoller, who also brought his neighbors Saving Sarah Marshall, the Muppets movie from 2011. Dude has been, you know, dude's been working on funny movies for a while. This was not a perfect movie by any means, but there were at least five or six times where I was laughing, just laughing out loud, and in an hour and a half movie, that's pretty good. That means every few minutes, you know, you're busting your gut, so there is nothing to complain about that. It's a bit short on script and a bit long on performances. It's one of those movies where... It's not so much the jokes they're writing or the things they're doing. It's that the people in it are funny. I like Seth Rogen. I like Chloe Moretz a lot. I like her when she is playing a crazy maniac like in uh, Kick-Ass. And in this movie, she is an out-of-her-mind maniac. And she's good at it. This is where she really excels. I think somebody needs to go out there and make a hit-girl movie like... Right now, before, you know, before she's too old, I think she's like, I don't know, she's 18 or 19, and you want to be able to hit that, you got to get that hit girl movie out there before she's, you know, 32, but anyway, the movie's fun, it is exactly like, uh, Neighbors 1, the story of that is a family, you know, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, they have a child, they're living together and having a nice time in the suburbs when a fraternity moves next door and disrupts all of their quiet. In this one, it's the same thing, but instead of a fraternity, it's a sorority led by the maniacal Chloe Moretz. Uh, in the last one, Zac Efron was opposing them as the head of the fraternity. In this one, he's on their side. So it's like, it's like a mashup of the supervillains and the superheroes of the previous Neighbors movie. Like I said... It is funny. If you go and you see it, you know, you 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 will laugh. I, I promise you, you will laugh. But this is also the kind of movie that will play just as well at home on VHS as it will at the theater. So I don't know if you want to rush out and see it. But you, you do want to see it. Especially if you did like the first one. If you like Neighbors, you'll for sure like this one. It's almost exactly the same thing, but just a bit different. A lot of fun. Rose Byrne is great. Rose Byrne is really, really funny. She's quite a talent. Seth Rogen is always funny. Uh, it has Ike Burkholtz in it, who you might know from the Mindy Project or from uh, Eastbound and Down with uh, Danny McBride. He plays the Russian, I think he's Russian pitcher, who comes in on the team and disrupt things for Danny. But uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I laughed. I give it, uh, I don't know, maybe like three mics. Three and a half mics, three and a quarter mics on the source meter. Go check it out. It's currently 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it is just over the line of certified fresh. Go. What? Go, it's recording. Hello, you've reached the Nice Guys Detective Agency. Do you believe your daughter's new boyfriend is up to no good? Has your loved one gone missing? Mm. If so, then the Nice Guys Detective Agency is here to help. We cover adultery, missing persons, small crimes, and occasionally murder. Leave us a massage after the tone. Message. All right. Your handwriting is terrible. Beep. You ever see the bad breath, Ty? <sighs> Breathe on it. <sighs> it works every time.
second movie that we saw this week was The Nice Guys. We saw it on a Monday afternoon. It was a nice, quiet arena. No one, uh, no one with their phones. No one goofing around. It was great. And what made it great is this movie is fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was so great. I want to go see it again. I would see it again tonight. If somebody called me up and they were like, Hey, uh, have you seen The Nice Guys yet? I'd say, I have, but if you want to go, I'll go with you. I'll buy the popcorn, I'll buy the sodas, you get the tickets, it'll be a good deal all around. So, let's get down into it. The Nice Guys is currently at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It pulled in, uh, 11.2 millions this weekend. It was fourth behind Angry Birds, Cap, and Neighbors 2, which we also saw. It uh, stars Ryan Gosling, the baby goose himself, and Russell Crowe, and it was written by Shane Black, who you might know from Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, or also Robocop 3. The, uh, the picture is a 70s detective film set in LA in the 70s, back when it was dope. Not at all like it is now, which is gross and smoggy and, uh, Full of goofballs and weirdos. Us people who live uh, up north of California kind of don't like the people who live down south. I mean, there might be people here and there that you like. But overall, if you are a northerner, you kind of turn your nose up at southerners. And I imagine they do the same. I mean, you know, wherever you're at, you probably have your rivalries. I mean, this uh, Texas doesn't like Oklahoma. You know, that sort of thing. But uh, anyway, the movie's set in the 70s and... It is a... It's hard to explain the plot. Uh, let's see. Baby Goose Ryan Gosling is hired as a private detective to find somebody. And while on that case, he comes into contact with Russell Crowe, who... I guess you'd call him an enforcer, you would call him muscle, he beats people up for money, and somebody pays him to beat up Ryan Gosling to get him off the case, but then they both learn that it's, it's a bigger deal than either of them thought, and only while working together will they be able to solve the big case. It's a lot of fun. This is really just a super fun movie. It has great comedy. There's fun action. The acting is nice. The settings and the scenery. I love the 70s. I love the way things looked in the 70s. And you see a lot of cool 70s furniture, 70s cars. They go to the uh, porno section of town, which, you know, doesn't even exist anymore. So you get to see that kind of stuff. I cannot recommend this highly enough. It was just so fun. It's about, eh, I think it's just under two hours, but the time flies by and... I don't want to give anything away, but, uh, one of my favorite actors of all the time, a man that goes by the name of Gil Gerard, Buck Rogers himself, he's in the movie, so it's worth it just for that alone, man. If you, if you think that you might go see it, go see it. I recommend it. It's awesome. Also, also the picture has a fantastic soundtrack. There are all kinds of 70s rock tunes that, uh, that you just don't hear so much anymore nowadays. You know, you just... You don't hear them as much as you used to back in the 70s when they were popular, but it is nice to hear them here. A good soundtrack is always fun, man. While we were listening to it, I'm thinking, I I own every single one of these songs, I think. And if I wanted to, I could probably go home and put together this soundtrack. But why would you even want to do that? That would be weird. Um, I think that the movie that this might bear the closest resemblance to would be The Big Lebowski in that it's in LA, and you have, you know, two guys who, you know, they're not like bumbling idiots, but they are a bit goofy, they're a bit off the wall, they engage in all sorts of offbeat shenanigans, 
And during the course of those shenanigans, they, you know, they, they stumble into where they need to be at the time they need to be. Uh, this movie is just, it's a really good time. It's not all so often that something just this enjoyable comes around. So just go ahead and see it. You've seen the commercials and you're probably thinking, that looks pretty cool. That looks fun. I like Ryan Gosling. Everybody likes the goose. So just go, you know. Take the plunge and see it. You won't be disappointed. It's like 90% on tomatoes. That means like 9 out of 10 people like it. So that means that the odds are that you will also like it. So with all that said, let's push ahead into the third movie we saw this week. What may be the most important of the three, X-Men Apocalypse. Everything they've built will fall! All we have to do is stop a god. Defeat the most powerful beings on Earth. And save the world. Let's go to war. Good luck. X-Men Apocalypse. Magneto, you know him? He's my father. What? Him and my mom, they do. No, I know. All right, this is me, Icy Robots, and we are back from the theater. We just got back from seeing uh, X-Men Days of Apocalypse. The movie is currently sitting at about 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is therefore certified rotten. The movie was directed by Brian Singer, and it stars, uh, let's see, James McAvoy's in it, Jennifer Lawrence is in it, Michael Fassbender is in it, uh, Evan Peters, Sophie Turner, uh, Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones is in it. Oscar Isaac is in it. It is a star-studded cast, and ugh, what a day we're having here. I don't even, I'm just going to take a side note. Uh, we got up to go to the flea market this morning, and we're like, you ever have those days when you're just having an impossible time? Like, we got up early. We were up, you know, before 8 o'clock, which is a nice start, and thing after thing after thing kept coming up that was stopping us from, you know, actually getting in the vehicle and heading out there. And then when, when we finally did, we were like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from the flea market when the car just straight up stopped working. We don't know what it is so far, but uh, it just straight up stopped. We had to get towed, came home and everything. We, you know, got insurance. It's no big deal, but... uh pain in the butt and we never even made it to the flea market but i don't know that's how it is right now we're driving the uh icy robots virtual dirt mall mobile the big truck which i i kind of prefer i think it's a nicer vehicle it's fun to be in a truck you're higher up you can see down on people and whatever but at any rate x-men apocalypse it's it's not getting the greatest of reviews, and I don't really know why that is, because I thought the movie was alright, man. I had a good time. We went with, it was me, the wife, 2.0, and 2.0's best pal, and everybody there liked it. I don't know. We all had a good time at it. Uh, it wasn't as good as Civil War, not by any means, but it wasn't, it was not bad by any stretch. It wasn't as good as Days of Future Past. But I did like it more than X-Men First Class. This got me thinking. It's interesting. The X-Men have gone through like two full-on trilogies. And they're still rolling along. And, you know, it, when you see a movie like... One of, you know, when you see the X-Men movie, there's a lot of... There's a lot of history involved. You feel very familiar with these characters. Um, You know, you got the... the like the six X-Men movies, you got the Wolverine movies, uh, just a lot going on with this franchise. So what you have in this one is 
a uh, a throwback tale, a retro tale. They are back in the eighties. One one thing where I do think they aired is they didn't really use the eighties as much as they could have. They're wearing eighties clothes, you know. Uh, Santa Stark through the whole thing has like this eighties blazer with you know shoulder pads and like the rolled up sleeves, like she's on designing women or something but they don't they don't milk as much out of the 80s as they could have and that I don't know you may have seen that one still of uh who who is it it's Santa Stark and Cyclops are in they're in a record store and they're you know they're checking out a Dazzler LP that scene's not in the movie so I I, you know they didn't get as much out of the 80s as they could have but Still, there's enough 80s in it to, you know, satisfy that if you're a kind of an 80s file like myself. You probably are to some degree, I think. What is the plot? I guess the story is that there is an unbeatable mutant out there. He, uh, He comes from the days of ancient Egypt, and he is the first mutant. He is incredibly powerful, and... His name is Apocalypse. You know this. It's the Age of Apocalypse. Uh, So he is reborn in the 80s. He's rediscovered is more accurate. He uh, he's been buried away and somebody finds him and he is back and he is just he's going to he's going to empty the earth of this grody human threat and make it a nice place for mutants to live, I guess. And what he has done is he has taken four other mutants and increased their powers dramatically so that they might act as his four horsemen and help him do what's got to be done to uh, clear up this human infestation. And one of the dudes is Magneto, played by Michael Fassbender, and he has recently suffered some tragedies in his life after uh, being in hiding for many years in Poland. And he is easily swayed to the side of Apocalypse. That's one of the... uh, main conflicts in the film is just, you know Magneto being torn and then on the other side you have the X-Men you know uh, Professor X James McAvoy started up the school Beast is teaching uh Jean Grey is there uh Havoc uh Scott Summers Cyclops' older brother is there and you know it seems like it's all good in the hood and things just kind of fall apart from there. You know, Apocalypse uh, shows up, and with his horsemen, they just wreck this amazing amount of damage to the world. First, they first they take the world's nuclear arsenal, and they launch it into space. Just every country that has a nuke, gone, disappeared. Uh, and then they just, they decimate the Earth. Uh, I don't know what the final plan was, but they're just using their powers, you know, while they're they're hovering about and devastating buildings. They're just pulling them to pieces. They're pulling bridges to pieces. When you see what they do, there must have been hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people killed in, in, in this. It's it's horrible. They're tearing bridges apart. They're just ripping buildings down into just, you know, their barest uh, essentials. They are just shredding everything. The the cost to humanity must have been just incredible. And, you know, in the, in the movies, when you see this fear and this hatred of mutants, it does seem, it seems somewhat justified. When you think of like a terror attack, when something happens, lots of people are killed, but it's not, it's not, you know, hundreds or, you know, millions of people. Imagine, imagine the emotions you would have if something happened and millions of people were, you know, murdered by some sort of zealots. You know, in this case, it's like mutant zealots. But just imagine your, your, you know, you, your feelings would just be off the charts. You'd be very upset. You would, 
you would feel as if your hatred was justified. So it's very interesting when you get, you know, into the future movies and you see how, you know, people are, you know, they're, they're very torn about mutants. Some people are for them, some people are against them. And even, you know, it, it, when you get down to the fine print of the story, you know, there are, of course, evil mutants and they are being battled by the good mutants, but it isn't like the general public would really get, a, you know, a, a big understanding of this. They would just see mutants fighting and you wouldn't know that, you know, the X-Men are the good guys and Apocalypse is the bad guys. I think that you would just think they were all the bad guys. So that's, you know, that, w- that was something that I was thinking during the course of the movie is just the toll, the toll on humanity. I would like to see a movie about the day after, the day after this movie and just how humanity uh, works to get, you know, start putting things back together. It's just, it's just incredible, the amount of destruction. Uh, uh, the, the cast for this movie... I want to say this is, is excellent. Everybody really, you know, comes through, I think, in their role, uh, especially Jennifer Lawrence. As Mystique, she, she really steps up into this one to be, you know, maybe the integral character. And much like in, you know, uh, the Hunger Games movies, she cuts some really fiery speeches to get people motivated. And I think, you know, I think that if Jennifer Lawrence were into it when she gets older, even now, she could have a career in politics because she can tell a motivating speech and since you know most politicians have speech writers you just get people to write them for her and she goes out there and you know she she makes you feel like you can take on the world and she does it a few times during the course of this uh i would say overall i did enjoy the movie it is not as good as days of future past which i thought was just fantastic but i did like this one more than uh first class um so I feel like if, if you want to see this, if you're thinking, if you're on the fence, go see it. There's enough cool, good things that happen during the course of it that you will not be disappointed in any way. Uh, it might not be, you know, the top-notch, perfect movie you want, but there is enough fun stuff going on. There's there's one incredible cameo in there. I don't want to, you probably have an idea of what it is if you're on the internet at all, so I don't, but I don't want to blow it. I don't want to be that guy, but there's an incredible cameo in it. There is... There's a pretty cool stinger at the end. I guess, is that what they call it? The scene after the credits. There's a pretty cool one of those. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it like three and a half mics just because I didn't get to see the Dazzler record. Uh, Jubilee's not used very much and there are some flaws. She's not used at all. You see her a few times in her yellow coat and you know it's her, but she doesn't do anything. They never say her name. Uh, oh, Evan Peters has another one of those great Quicksilver scenes where he's, you know, running around and doing, like, you know, just doing these incredible feats at, uh, you know, high velocity. That was fun. That was a really good part. Very nice, nicely put together part. Um, Overall, mm, I'm going to give it, like, three and a half mics on the source meter, uh, five being a classic and one being a clunk. If you feel like, hey, I think I might want to see that, go see it, you know. You won't be wasting your time, and it is a big screen movie with a lot of action, so you probably do want to check it out in the theater. Even though, you know, if you check it out at home, at your home theater, that's not gonna, that's not gonna be the worst thing in the world either. So with all that said, let's move into the final segment of The Shizzy. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. You won't be sorry for long. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Pooptronic Cellular Pop Culture Slash Toy News Informational Moment. 
All right, we are back for the final segment of the show. And before we get into it, I got to remind you, hop on over to supportthereport.com right now because the patrons only Qzar episode has dropped. It's it's getting rave reviews from people who have heard it. It's an hour of stories about my time as a supervisor over at Qzar Laser Tag in the next town over Runner Park. There are stories of celebrity sightings. There are stories about times I played laser tag with celebrities. Well, there are celebrities to me. It is super fun. It's over an hour. It's really great. And if you're a fan of the show, I think you want to hear it and you can get it easily enough. Just hop on over to supportthereport.com to get all of the deets. It's worth it. You get that episode and you will get weekly episodes of my old hip-hop mixtape show, Icy Robots Radio. I got like 40 of them. All set and ready to go, and I've already uploaded five. They're each about half an hour to an hour of awesome tunes. It's all for you, all for as little as a dollar a month. Let's see, uh, what's going on in the world of toys and pop culture? Oh, yeah, I was over at the Toys R Us this week, and they got some, uh, they got the Alien Minimates that we have all, by meaning we, I say me, have been looking for, uh, what is that? Uh, sorry, that's the phone. Uh, I'm gonna let it go to, I'm gonna let it go to the machine. Hold on, let's see what's gonna happen here. It's gonna pick up. I see robots are you there? Please pick up. I know that you are there. Pick up the phone please. Alright. As you wish. I received a very upsetting call from Iceberg. He has told me that you have made anti-robot statements to him. Anti-robotism is not acceptable in the workplace. I am very disappointed in you I see robots but sadly not surprised. Since I was hired by Pooptronics you have been a great disappointment to me. I expected a lot from you but had only seen a little. I am going to need you to report to Pooptronics HQ this Saturday for robot sensitivity training. It is a 9-hour course but lunch will be provided. It is vegetarian hot dogs and also bottled water and pop chips. I think that I remember you saying that you like those things. I think that you will find the class to be very enlightening. After the class you will be free to return to duty. I must warn you I see robots. You are running out of chances. Goodbye and make sure to mention our latest film project. It is a biopic of the fat boy starring Fred Berry as the human beatbox. It is sure to be great as well as uplifting. See you Saturday. No way, dude. I can't have... I can't have sensitivity training on Saturday. I got tickets to the A's game, dude. Me and the family... Don't want to whine about it, but me and the family, we're going to go see the A's, dude. They're playing up against the Yankees. I don't know. They're not having a great year, but it's always fun to go down and, uh... I don't want to go to Pooptronics HQ and I don't want to do robot sensitivity training and I hate pop chips. Pop chips are the worst and who even eats veggie hot dogs? Ugh, alright man. Anyway, uh, sorry you had to hear that too. The show's just, these two are getting out of hand man. Anyway, so I'm going to sign off. This is me, Icy Robots for, uh, Iceberg and AB and also just for everybody else out there in the world. This is episode number 81. If you don't know, now you know.
recorded live on the Pooptronics Cellular Moon Base Alpha. This has been a Pooptronics Cellular Broadcast Division production.